Get undressed, get under the sheets Ooh, you're in for a treat No, I promise this is not a dream It's just a happy ending with Joy Eileen This, I don't even keep track of episodes anymore. <laughs> so we're going to do that. And then on the table, oh my God, I'm so excited. Okay, John was right. <laughs> on the table, I have Candace Thompson. Oh Yay. my goodness. Hi, everybody. Yay. Which I'm going to say it's not fair because not only are you talented and funny, you're also gorgeous and... Stop it. That's not fair. <laughs> like, you should have, like, not one. You know, like... You are making me blush right now. If, you could, if my face wasn't smushed into this pillow right now, you'd be able to see that I'm blushing no. right now. Yes. No, you're awesome. John and I have seen you, like, come up. Because we've been going to the comedy store so long, like, before I even decided to do comedy. Wow. Like, we saw you, I think it was New Year's two or three years ago. That must have been, yeah, because I've been passed at the store now. It's been three years, which is insane. Um, so, yeah, you probably then saw me when I first got passed. Yeah. And then Gerard Carmichael got you super drunk. Oh! <laughs> and you were on stage. <laughs> Gerard usually, uh, he also, for some reason, has been the facilitator of me getting high as well. <laughs> He was who bought me uh, like for weed. I guess it's just called a bowl. Okay. I don't know. I'm such a novice when it comes to smoking. I have no idea. I've never, so. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's called just a bowl, and it's this little tiny pipe. And, yeah, but he's the one that brought that into my life. That is so, yeah, he's kind of just been my, uh, what's the, my gateway into, into how I get addicted to cocaine later. There you go. <laughs> That's yeah. what comics are supposed to do, right? We're supposed to get addicted to drugs and liquor. Is that what we're supposed to do? I, that's what they say. I don't have time. I don't either. I don't even understand really when I see like... I think what it is, is like a lot of people get attracted to the lifestyle of a comedian and not necessarily want to put in the work of doing yes. the actual joke writing. Yes. Um, and I just see like people get affected by the lifestyle. Like I see comics just standing outside just smoking cigarettes and I'm like... Why aren't you guys just going home and working on stuff? And why are you just hanging out? Like, I always feel like they think that there's a lifestyle you have to keep up, and they focus on more of that, more of that than the actual, like, hustle part of it. I completely agree. Mm -hmm. But I'm really bad at the hustle part of it, which is why I bring John everywhere I go, because he's very likable. And like, <laughs> he handles the networking part. <laughs> he does. I'm like, you do that, and then I'm just going to write and tell jokes and be super awkward on stage, because for some reason, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, why? Why you? I'm like, I don't know. I like being on stage. I just yeah. don't like anything after. Yeah, no. And I, honestly, I'm the same way. Like, I like the performance part of it, but the further you get into it, you realize that the networking part of it is like so even not more important, but it's just as important. Yes. Which sucks because it's like I would rather be like working on stuff and shooting stuff and honing my craft rather than having to schmooze with people. But even just now, I found myself like going out to brunches with people more, initiating meetings with people more, sparking up random conversations with people, even if I don't even know that they're in the business. Like I'll just be at a restaurant now and start talking to people because you never know who you're going to meet. That is true. Especially out here. I randomly met some dude who's a movie producer when I was in Atlanta last a couple weeks ago. That's uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Like, I massaged a lady, and I was just mentioning, she's like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, do you have time? <laughs> 
And I'm all, well, I do massage for money. I go, then I write books sometimes for money. And she's like, oh, what kind of books? And I go, romance. And she's like, oh, I'm a producer for Hallmark. And I'm all, oh, wow. Shit, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, here's my book. My name's Joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I'm telling you, it's like half of it is who you know. It and does. it's random encounters, too. It doesn't even necessarily, you could go out of your way to force yourself to meet somebody who you think you need to meet. And that's not even the person who ends up helping you. It's some person you randomly met, you know, at yoga class or at the getting your car fixed. Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I will say, like, I see, I saw you, like, when you lost all the weight, too. I did lose some weight. You lost a shit ton. Mm-hmm. And good for you because, oh, about six years ago, I lost, like, 70 pounds. Oh, wow. Good for you. And then I found it. Ah! She's... <laughs> Because I'm like, that's what moms do, right? Things get lost and moms are like, oh, I'll find it. I'll find it, yeah. And I think I found some extra too. So that's fun. But good for you for keeping it off. Thank you. I found my my weight has fluctuated my whole entire life. Like I didn't, I went to college and what I studied in college was dietetics and like nutrition because I wanted to understand like how I should, you know, handle food. Uh Like that's because everyone loves food. Like it's delicious. And like finding a balance of like what works for your body is also a whole nother level of a it's it takes time to figure that out so I like when I was younger I was a little bit bigger I was probably like 30 pounds heavier than what I am now I actually just posted a picture on my Instagram my prom like my prom picture from when I was like 15 or 16 okay and I got so many comments like people just laughing because they were like who is this girl and I'm like that was me and I'm the type of chick like all my weight just like went to my back okay (laughs) I had like the broadest shoulders I look like i like could throw a shot put or was like on the wrestling team (laughs) it was hilarious so yeah I uh like like I said like I fluctuated all my life and I'm just now over the past like probably four four years figured out like what I need to do and then over the past year been able to like stick with it right yeah See, I figured out, like, I had the will. I went gluten-free, dairy-free, corn-free. Mm-hmm. And from the day after Mother's Day, which actually would have been today, um, seven years ago, shit. And um, till Christmas, I lost 70 pounds. Wow. And all I was working out is doing the elliptical, and it just melted off of yep. me. And then on Christmas, John's fucking aunt was like, here, Joy, I made oatmeal raisin cookies, which are my favorite. And that was the downfall. And that damn cookie. By the time New Year's ran around, I think I was already 10 pounds bigger. I'm like, <laughs> And it sucks because why is it so hard to lose weight, but so easy to gain it? It's not fair. Like, that's, that's why you know God is hilarious because, like, that doesn't make any sense. Right? It should be just as difficult to gain it as it is to lose it, but yes. it is not. And then John, all he has to do, fucking asshole, is be like, you know what? I'm going to lose weight. And then 10 pounds is like, you know what? I'll see you later. I'm oh, yeah. going to stick with joy. Yeah. No, for, yeah, men, it's so much easier. They have everything easier. It's just, again, God is hilarious. He's yeah. like, how can I make women's lives more difficult? <laughs> let's do this to him and see if they can handle it. Yeah, let's see. If, and, he, and he knows we can. That's why it's like, oh, women can handle it. Right? Let's just put more on them. Yeah. They got it. They got it. It's fine. Yeah, John lost last week in a week. He lost 10 pounds. In a week? In a week. I'm going to slap him in the face next time I see him. Please do. He deserves it. (laughs) And I'm like, are we doing crystal meth now? Like, is that our thing? Uh, It's so unfair. But yeah, I found that for me, I, I fast 
I don't know if you've ever tried fasting before. No, but I've, okay, I was going to ask you about it because I heard you talk about it on one of your sets once. Like, Mm -hmm. you didn't eat for, like, two weeks. Oh, yeah, that's the longest I've gone. I went 14 days just doing the Master Cleanse. Okay. Which is just a lemonade concoction. It's lemonade, uh, it's lemons, water, cayenne pepper, and grade B maple syrup. Okay. And that's all you do. You don't eat anything. And you're supposed to do it for a minimum of 10 days, but people have done it up to 40. Damn. Mm-hmm. Were and like, were you able to like get on stage and? Absolutely, yeah. No, I felt fantastic. That's why I ever since I did the first time I did the master cleanse was probably in 2007, mm-hmm. and I knew that I felt. And at that time, before I started the fast, I was still eating chicken. I wasn't eating red meat or pork. I gave that up when I was like 13. Okay. And then, but I was still eating chicken and still eating like a bunch of processed, like unhealthy types of foods. And you know, especially when you give up like meat, you're like, what can I eat? So then, what happens with a lot of vegetarians is we end up eating stuff that doesn't have meat in it but it's like full of carbs or full of sugar and so you can meet people who don't eat meat and you're like you don't look like you're very healthy it's like because yeah because i've been binging on cheetos you know so it's like you look for things to fill you up when you don't eat meat and that's when it can go wrong so when i did the fast the first time in 2007 i felt so great afterwards that i ended up giving up chicken Okay. Um, so that's when I was like, I became pescatarian. So I was just doing fish. And even that is like, okay, occasionally, like even to this day, I don't do fish very much. I just do it like when I, I love sushi. So like, that's hard for me to give up, but I don't do it that often. Okay. Um, and then what I found myself doing is just fasting, like usually like once a year and I'll do it for like maybe 10 days or throughout the year, I'll do it maybe like if I know that I ate really badly over the past like week, I'll do like a one day or a three day fast where I'll just do like juices okay and it really does help to keep me in check huh that's interesting and fasting is actually really good for you people don't know that they think you you're not eating food how is that good for you and i'm like we've all been brainwashed to think that we need to eat so much more than what we need to eat and that's because it makes people money so they tell us that we're supposed to be doing these things but fasting is actually really healthy for you and it basically what it the theory behind it is is that your body has everything inside of it to heal itself of everything cancer any disease that you have your body was built to heal it the problem is is that with the stuff that we eat the processed foods pollution everything that we alcohol everything that we intake yeah everything that we intake our body spends so much energy trying to break that garbage down that it can't focus on what it's supposed to be doing which is healing itself so when you fast your body gets a break and it gets to do what it's supposed to be doing okay right so it gets to be doing its true purpose so it really does i'm telling you like i have felt so good when i do it that that's why i keep doing it okay and that makes sense because if you feel when i went gluten-free dairy-free corn-free mm-hmm. I, yeah i did i felt amazing and right now i work out with my niece she's a personal trainer She's very mean. And, um, <laughs> she charges me $5 to kill me. And um, she was, if I was eating the way I was eating then and working out the way I work out now. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like I'd have a chance to have a nice body. <laughs> It's a lot of work. It's just, you have to, you know, you it's a mind thing. All of it. The fasting, just the the lifestyle. It's like, it's literally just changing your mindset and being like, I'm ready to do it. If you're not ready, it's going to be, you know, hard yes. to execute it. But you have to 
your mind has to be in the right spot. Yes, because mine happened, like I said, Mother's Day. We went to, sit, I don't know, some stupid-ass movie, and my sister-in-law took a picture of me humping this um, cardboard cutout of Vin Diesel. I mean, yeah. Right? And she showed it to me, and I'm like, holy shit, do I really look like that? And she goes, no, it's just a bad angle. And I'm like, no, there's a lot of <laughs> angles there. And after, I mean, I ate like shit that Mother's Day. I had Cinnabon. I had a yeah. burger. And then the next day I was like, I'm done. Yep. And I was. Yep. And then that fucking oatmeal raisin cookie. And yeah, no, I'm telling you, man, it's hard. It's a slippery slope, man. It is. When you just have to check yourself. And like, we will make up excuse, so many excuses like, oh, well, it's someone's birthday or it's a holiday we make up so many excuses to like behave badly when it comes with food comes to food and alcohol but it's like you have to realize like there's we do this all the time yeah like there's an excuse you can find an excuse every day that you know true like i could be like oh my god i just massaged candace thompson who i adore i'm uh, gonna go have a damn piece of cake right or a cake it's true right it's so true i'm totally gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, all the delivery plates, and they just make it so easy for food to just come to you. I know. And it sucks because the good, I mean, I was making two meals. Like, I would make Joy's meal Mm -hmm. and then John and the kids' meal when I did that. Because John was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. And I'm like, okay, I get that. And then the kids are like, yeah, Mom, I'm not eating what you're eating. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even want to eat what I'm eating. So (laughs) I would make two different meals. I was so good. And it's funny because when you have that drive, like, I was good. Like, I didn't break once and like there were times I'd be in Starbucks getting something and the lady's like oh we're giving away free cheese danishes I'm like what the fuck how come I've never been there for that I'm like no no and she'd laugh at me I'm like you no Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be good yeah no it's I'm telling you they don't make it easy they don't it's literally and you you know the thing is is that you have to have your little cheats like you can I, I know that during the week I am like very good and I know on the weekends I let myself splurge a little bit and that's really the only way that i think it's sustainable i agree i can see that now holy crap that's a huge knot right i have that's the worst part of my body i was gonna say and you've said you've had massages before right yeah but when i sometimes i'll go to sleep and then i'll wake up and then just my right side right where you're touching it just hurts okay and i try to stretch it out but i'm just like i don't know what to do because it'll go away and then it'll come back and it but it always comes back honestly ice is gonna be your best friend oh yeah uh-huh ice for 10 or 15 20 minutes right before you're going to bed like not when you need to move heat's gonna be what your friend when you need to move and you need to get on with the day okay but healing is gonna be your ice ice okay yeah oh my god speaking of stretching i guess it's sean Pulaski's anniversary today oh and my jackass i'm like hey Happy anniversary to the most stretched comic I know. And I posted it, and I'm like, that didn't sound right. <laughs> well, it didn't sound bad. And I go, you know what? <laughs> she started laughing. I go, you know what I mean, right? Like, we all know there's some other stretch, stretch comics, way more stretched than you. And then I'm like, why am I still talking? <laughs> Please stop talking. That's hilarious. I do that a lot. Like, we're at the comedy store and I see people, I'm like, oh, don't talk, don't talk. Just don't talk, because you're going to say something stupid. Open mouth, insert foot. I like, that's me all the time. Oh, yeah, I dip my feet in chocolate before I leave the house, because they're going to end up in, my in mouth. your mouth. I'm like, okay. If they're going to end up there, they might as well taste good. Exactly. Especially, like, 
Rick Ingram. He's <laughs> I love Rick. He's so funny. <laughs> Emily's laughing. Like I have a huge comic crush on him. Yeah. And he knows it. Oh. So he makes fun of me. He's like, "Look, are you blushing?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> That's so funny. So we were standing on the back patio one night, and she was on one side of the the <laughs> of the wall, and I was on the other, and she was just talking, and then all of a sudden. Rick walked past and she went, Rick! <laughs> Rick! his face. And you scared the shit out of him. No, he turned around and he's like, you like to make things awkward, don't you? I'm like, oh yeah, that's... That's, that's kind of what I do. I'm like, you should see me on stage, but please don't see me on stage ever. No, I don't want you to see that because... <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, yeah, no, Rick is great. His crowd work is kind of brilliant. Yes. He got John, like, when before we even knew who he was, before we even knew what the comedy store was, we just went there, and he picked John out of the crowd and fucking destroyed him. Hilarious. And I'm like, well, I know he's not a plant. Like, I know my husband has no idea who this dude is. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in love. Like, please come home and make fun of my husband yep. all day long. <laughs> I get tired of it. I want somebody else to do it. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a skill. Like, it's one of those, I'm definitely more of a writer, so, like, crowd work for me like if it just comes naturally in a during a set like I'll go with it but it's it's a completely different skill that I do like I need to work on a little bit more just because it's going to loosen me up on stage more right so I have to force myself to do things because I always like to be prepared yes. I always like to like go in with at least an idea of what I'm going to talk about but I'm so such a structured person but I need to break that habit I need to just be a little bit more looser so I can have more fun see that's my thing too like one I'm a huge right I write all the time mm -hmm. you know books out and all that blah 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 mm -hmm. but i've never done the same set twice oh wow you sound like jamar i and <laughs> it's bad because people are like joy are like oh i didn't hear that joke before i'm like yeah i just wrote it and so i know i need to get like my type five my type three of course yeah but i just i write things and i'm like i have to say this this is hilarious and that's something I need to break. But I do have the structure. Like, I know what I'm going to say when I get on stage. Yeah. So hecklers do throw me off, and they're always drunk old white women. Oh, yeah, of course. Good. Like, can we just scan the room and kick them out, please? <laughs> like, they're in trouble. Yeah, I don't ever understand the mindset of a heckler. But in their heads, they really do think they're helping the show. And I just... Even when I wasn't in stand-up, didn't know anything about it, I knew that yelling something out at somebody who's on stage was not a good idea. So right? it's like, there must be also a level of stupidity involved with hecklers. Yes. But have you noticed, like, I don't know, maybe, because I'm a huge people watcher too. Like, we go out and sit on the patio, ditch the kids, and just watch people on, at the comedy store. Yeah, no, it's great. And, like, people, when they're going into a show or when they're leaving a show, they're, like, extra loud and they're trying to be funny. And it's like, dude, why, you just paid money, so you don't You have don't to have be to be funny, man. And I, I talk about this all the time, but, like, comedy is the most disrespected art form like because everybody thinks they can do it yeah so they don't respect people that actually can and i i just it makes me so mad like even when when i'm like dating you know with dudes because they always want to be the funny ones even when they're not 
comics. Uh-huh. They just, men are supposed to be, you know, the funny ones. So there's like this competitive, like they feel like they have to one-up my jokes. They feel like they have to say things that are mean because, you know, obviously mean things are funny. Uh-huh. And so I'm just like, dude, you don't have to be, I'm the funny one. Calm down. I, my name is on the wall. Right. Okay. I got this. I'm good. <laughs> they don't, we don't need to be two of us. Right. And I don't need for dudes to be like hilarious. I just, you know. I just need like the guy that I'm dating to be okay if I to be able to laugh at himself. So if I say something funny about you, you don't take it personally and get mad at me. Right. You don't pout and yeah. Right. But you know, men and their egos. Yes, I do. Thankfully, I I don't know. I got lucky with John. Like he's the one. Like he he's been to almost every comic show, comedy show I've done. He's been to every author signing. I've That's done. great. Yeah. And he's very supportive. But and I think this is just my thing. Like anytime I go on stage and go off, like the first thing he does is tell me how I did and he does not hold anything back that's great and he'll be like you know I like the setup you did before like I don't like the way you did it this way or mm-hmm. why did you change the words and at first I'm like bitch like you get up there yeah like, right and then after a while I'm like yeah you're right but just I'm like can't you just wait until that high wears off at first? <laughs> before you crush right you know I don't do drugs I barely drink we have three kids like give me something <laughs> can I have something please I li- and now I'm gonna go eat a damn cake that says Candace Thompson <laughs> like, shit. I bet it's gonna be delicious it's gonna be amazing <laughs> It's going to have lumps in it. But oh, my God. I have so many lumps. I'm so sorry. That bra line. Is that where I have a lot of lumps? Yeah. Jesus. But a lot of women do because it the bra actually changes our center of gravity. Ugh. So, yeah, you do. You have some nice knots. But, okay, how did you get into comedy? Like, how did you, what, how, when? <laughs> so, I mean, so many questions, but that's why we're here, right? We're going <laughs> to... We're going to get into the origin story of Candace Thompson. I, yes, I really want to know. <laughs> and if you ever need a ghostwriter for your book, like She's this like, chick let right me here, know. Let me know. I've been stalking Argus Hamilton for two years. Argus. Oh, yeah. He spoke yesterday, too. It was so uh, It was so nice what they did for Mitzi yesterday. It was beautiful. Um, how I got into stand-up. So what's crazy is that I just have always been like a funny person. So I just... Like, you know, when you're younger, you don't really have necessarily direction. You don't know what you want to do with your life. All I knew was that I had two parents that were fantastic. And I was like, I'm just going to be that normal person who just goes to college, gets a job. I'll probably get married at some point, maybe have some kids. I don't know, but I'm just going to go on that normal path that people, that society tells us we're supposed to do. So, but... When I went to college, I, you know, I studied dietetics and nutrition and health. But then probably six months before I graduated, something clicked and I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to work in a hospital. I was like, I'm too goofy. I was like, what's the one thing I've done all my life that I've been able to do without even trying? And that's make people laugh. And when I was a kid, I'd always watched, I loved comedies. I loved sitcoms. I loved watching comedians on like The Tonight Show. There was something about stand-up that I just really enjoyed. I loved laughing and I knew that I loved making people laugh. And I'd been doing it since I was a little little girl. It was kind of a defense mechanism for me because I always felt growing up that I didn't fit in anywhere because being just multiracial and being black and no one knowing that I was black 
and me and my sister being treated differently because she was darker than me. You know, that just kind of set the tone for me to become someone who spent a lot of time by myself and learning how to do things that made me feel okay being by myself and being a little bit weird. Okay. I always felt weird. So... When I went to school, to college, and I decided six months before, I was like, I don't think I can work in a hospital. It seems so serious. I'm like, I'm going to have people's lives in my hands. I was like, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to do. So I got the idea. I was like, I think I want to move to L.A. and try writing for television and acting. And I knew that I wanted to, like, write on sitcoms Uh and just somehow be in comedy. And I told my parents that, and my parents, because they're amazing, Mm -hmm. were completely supportive from jump they were like okay they let me live at home for a few years after i graduated and i was just like yeah i'm gonna use this talent that god gave me because i don't think that was an accident right and i'm gonna parlay it into a career and so when i first moved out here again i had no idea i'd be doing stand-up i just was trying to do the acting thing and find out like try and make my way into finding out how i can write for comedy for television for sitcoms and so i just fell into stand-up by meeting a friend of a friend who was doing stand-up and he was like you're funny come do some open mics with me and I started doing some open mics I joined a sketch group at the Laugh Factory that was called the Comedy Playground at the time we met every Wednesday and you will not believe but Kevin Hart was in that group with me Tiffany Haddish was in that group with me like it was just a group of Chris Spencer David Arnold Rodney Perry like it was just a group of like talent talent and I had no idea who I who I was like working with like you know I was like I just moved to LA like a couple years before that and I was just like uh this these people are hilarious and it kind of was like my first family when I moved out here so after that you know I started focusing um the sketch stuff I started focusing on sketch and more stand-up and then yada 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 it just kind of worked out from there hell yeah 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 like okay you did was it the tonight I did the tonight show last year yeah that was so we watched it I was like oh we gotta record it oh thank you yeah it was such a surreal experience um again you know I said I grew up watching as a kid watching Johnny Carson on the tonight show and why I used to memorize the sets that the comedians would do oh that's awesome and it was so funny because my mom would watch with me and she wouldn't laugh at all when the actual comedian was telling the jokes. But then when I (laughs) recited the jokes back, she was like, Candace, you are hilarious. And I'm like, I literally just said the exact thing. You're like, I just Carlos Mencia. I just plagiarized completely. (laughs) And my mom didn't care. My mom was like, she, she just is so ridiculous. She was like, Candace can sing better than Whitney Houston. I'm like, you're making (laughs) stuff up now. Oh my God, that's my mom. Just ridiculous. Joy's books are just amazing. No, mom, they're she was like, <laughs> within the comedy, she's like, Joy, this is my mom. Joy's so funny when she's clean. When she's clean. Don't, isn't that, they want, I don't, why, I don't understand why people are hung up on clean and like not cursing and like, it's like, it's, this is life. Right? Like, why can't I talk about sex? We all do it. Right? You have three, well, two grandchildren from me, one from, you know, yeah, what are we talking about? Right, exactly. Why can't I curse? I don't understand. My favorite was my dad. <laughs> he's like, Sissy, you know what? And he's like, I really hate it when you use the F-bomb. 
And I go, what the fuck is the F-bomb? <laughs> and my mom's just like, Sam, she's not going to ever change. I'm like, why would you want me to? Right. Like, it took me forever to find, because when I was 19, I quit college and moved to Texas for a guy I met online. Oh, wow. And got beat up for three years. <gasps> Super awesome guy. He's like the villain in my book. So got oh, books wow. out of it. And then I moved here and then I got with John and then John was going through this awful divorce and custody battle. So only like two or three years, I've actually been able to start writing books. And that's when I started doing comedy. And this, I'm like, oh my God, this is who I'm supposed to be. Yep. And it took me 36 years to get to here. find that. Isn't that crazy? It's, it makes me so sad. Like I am instilling in my children. I'm like, you guys go and you find what you are now. Like yep. you do it. Yep. It's literally the only thing that matters. Like, yes, they tell you what you're supposed to do in life, but it's like, none of that shit matters. Yes. Do what you, what makes you happy. You'll find it so much quicker. Every Like, life literally works itself out. Yes. Like, just let it go. Yep. And that's what, I'm like, you guys, I'm having fun. I'm not, I have a husband who's supportive, and if he's not, I have the willpower to leave him. Ha <laughs> ha. And, um... <laughs> I'm like, I've got John. John. <laughs> Eat another cookie, John. I'm just telling him that because women are like, your husband is so awesome and so sweet. I'm like, John, eat another cookie. I got a cookie chubby. I don't need anybody to know what I got. That's a, yeah. It, like, you got to lessen his options. Right. I'm like, let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> so how did the whole Tonight Show, how did that happen? That happened uh, because, so I ended up auditioning for this this competition that NBC does every year. It's called, it used to be called Stand Up for Diversity. Now it's just called NBC Stand Up. Okay. And I had auditioned for that, I think three times before or two times before. I can't really remember, but I did it for the first time in like 2012. And then I did it again in 2013. And then when I did it in 2013, I made it to, it was kind of, it was like the semifinals that I made it to in 2013. Okay. And then I guess that, yeah, 2016, I did it again and I made it to the final finals. So it was like me and I think six or seven other comics. And then they, what happens is they pick a winner from the final showcase and the winner gets like an NBC holding deal where they like get to audition a bunch for NBC and hopefully, you know, with the hopes of ending up on a pilot. Uh-huh. Um, and I think you get some cash too. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, so yeah, that's what the winner gets. And I didn't win it. They chose another funny comedian. J.R. de Guzman is his name. He won it the year I did it. Okay. But Michael Cox was one of the judges for the NBC stand-up, and he's the guy that books The Tonight Show. Nice. So he was like, you're hilarious. Guess what you're going to get? <laughs> he was like, yeah, you didn't win it, unfortunately, but I think you're great, so I'm going to book you on The Tonight Show. So, so awesome. and that kind of changed my life. Now... Is that one of those things where you want to win? Or you know how, like, American Idol... And of American- course, yeah. Okay. Where, where you're just like, oh, I could win, but then I'm stuck in this contract. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you do want to win it. Um, it's, I don't, nothing bad comes from winning. It's like, because you are in a contract, but it's only for a year. Yeah, that's true. And it's with a huge network, so yeah. 
No, everyone that I know that has won it, like, nothing, like, they ended up doing, like, really good things. So, from it. So, yeah, no, it is one of those things that is great if you do win it. Okay, crazy. But for me, also great if you don't win it. Right? <laughs> look at you now. Yeah, like, it just, yeah, I know so many people that have just gone through that process in general. It's just, you meet some dope people that could end up helping your career. Like, I got auditions from that. I got uh, another commercial agent from it. So, it's just, you know everything again works out the way that it's supposed to right and you've got like huge things coming right i do have some things cooking like some i just taped for comedy centrals uh they have a new show that's airing this fall called new negroes uh baron vaughn and open mike eagle they have a show that they pitched and got sold so i'll i taped my episode a couple of weeks ago so that'll be airing in the fall i um I just pitched to Comedy Central. I have a web series that I'm trying to turn into a television show. So I just had a meeting with them like a week ago and they really seemed to dig it. So hopefully I'll get some news with that. I'm working on Rel Battle has a new show pilot for Comedy Central called Black Twitter that we just taped last week for the pilot. Okay. So hopefully that'll get picked up. And if so, I'll be a part of that team too. So yeah, there's a few things happening that I'm excited about. And then your podcast too. Oh, and my podcast. Yeah, I got to shout that out. The Struggle. Um, I love that. (laughs) Thank you. It's just one of those things where it's like we're all struggling with something and multiple things. And it's every day I'm struggling with something different. So it's just like I just was like, this seems like something that I think could have the longevity (laughs) because... We all have so many things that we're dealing with as adults. So, but also I I wanted something that was kind of therapeutic, kind of like what you're doing right now. Like this is also healthy to get this done. So it's like, I wanted to do something where comics could talk about something they're having issues with, but also we can laugh about it. Right. Well, this is okay. I've been doing this 11 years. So this is, I'm used to this. Like I'm in my element with naked people in lotion. Yeah. Yes. So I'm like, two of my favorite things. (laughs) Me too. So I'm like, how do I incorporate this? Because I can talk easier to you this way with your face down and you not looking at me (laughs) than I can like seeing you at the comedy store and then just telling you how beautiful you are and then feeling like a complete moron. (laughs) You are so ridiculous. I'm like, how can I get this where I can talk to comedians? Yeah. Get them to know me because a lot of them, like I said, a lot of them don't know that I do comedy. And when they see me on stage, they're like, wait, what? You're kind of funny. Right. Sometimes. Right. You know, not on the days I bomb. (laughs) I mean, that's all of us. And those days still happen. I did Guam show. Oh, yeah, yeah. At the Sycamore Tavern on Saturday. And it was almost all females. I don't know why he decided to bring like two or three guys in. One of them was super good looking though, so it was okay. Hilarious, yeah. um, We're always okay with that. Right, I'm like, oh, let him go. He's pretty to look at. And um, yeah, it was just all these females and it was just comedians. And I'm like, I don't think I did very well. And then John's like, well, you changed the wording. I'm like, damn it, shut up. He's like, I'll tell you exactly where you fucked up. I'm like, thanks. Like, eat another goddamn cookie. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love you, but I don't like you. Right, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, how did you, like, so you just started going to the comedy store? Or did somebody get you in? No, I just started going there. I, I didn't take stand-up seriously at all until 2010. Okay. Like, it was one of those things where I was, like, doing open mics occasionally, and then I quit for, like, a year and a half. 
probably around like 2008-ish, okay. like maybe mid to mid to late 2008, and then I ended up not really working at all in stand-up in 2009 at all. Like, I think I did maybe three sets that whole entire year. I and that. Yeah, it was one of those things where I just got frustrated with it, and I wasn't trying hard, and I had an issue with a friend of mine who was one of my best friends who was also who I started comedy with. So once we started not being friends anymore, I kind of got unmotivated to go to open mics because that's who I was going to open mics with, like, all the time. And then we fell out, and I was like, well, I guess I don't do these open mics anymore <laughs> since I didn't have a friend pushing me to... And motivating me to go. So open mics are hard to get. They're so hard to. I mean, how? Like, who wants to go sign up for something and stand around for three hours to, and then finally get your name pulled and you get three minutes of stage time uh-huh. in front of a bunch of comics who aren't going to laugh at anything you say anyway. Right, in front, in front of a bunch of, like, the top of people's heads. Right. they're all looking down. Right, they're working on their own shit. So they don't care what you're talking about. Yep. It's the worst audience. And so to get unmotivated to do that is one of the easiest things to do. Yes, it's just like eating sugar. Yes. Right. So I uh, had quit for a minute, and then I got back into stand-up in 2010 after a conversation I had with one of my best friends, uh, very funny Ian Edwards, who I'm sure you know. And okay, he... He's hilarious. <laughs> I tell John, I want Ian Edwards to be my Morgan Freeman narrating <laughs> my life. You mean to tell yes. me? Yeah, that's, his cadence is so ridiculous. Joy said, fuck you. <laughs> What the hell <laughs> are you talking about? I always say, I'm like, I want him to narrate my yeah, life. It would be the funniest. Oh my, he should do that. He should just walk around and be like, the bitch ordered this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's so funny, so talented. And so at the time, I had a conversation with him because I knew that I wanted to work on a joke. And he was like, I was like, will you help me with this joke? And he goes, why? And I said, because I want to work on this joke. And he goes, for what? And I said, because I want to tell it on stage. And he goes, why? You're not a comic. And when he said that, I got so mad. Like, I was incensed when he said it. Like, it lit a fire inside of me that I can't even describe. I was like, I have to prove now that I'm a comic. And so after that conversation... I was like, I'm going to start going to the comedy store and I would sign up. And at the time I was working a day job. So I was at a desk job until five o'clock. I would then run home, change clothes, fight rush hour traffic to get to the comedy store for signups at like five or six o'clock. Sign up, wait an hour to see if they even called your name, Mm -hmm. which a lot of the time they didn't. I'll be there tonight. Right. So it's like you, you know, the grind. Yeah. You know, the grind. And it's like, sometimes it's like, I just did all that for nothing. Yeah. And then I ended up, you know, sticking with it and I kept doing it and I made no excuses. I was like, I don't, what, why am I, why did I move across the country? Why did I leave my family? Why did I come here if I'm just going to bullshit? So I did that every Monday or actually I think Sunday and they were doing Sunday and Monday at the time when I was doing this, I believe. So I, I remember, of course it was, uh. I think the day that I chose to do was on Monday um, for whatever reason. Uh-huh. And so I eventually worked my way up to friends and family. 
And then, so at that point, you get to call in your avails on Monday. Uh-huh. And I was calling in my avails, and I was getting, like, one development spot a week, which is, like, a six-minute spot uh-huh. on a, a produce show that's in, at the store. And I did that for, I think, a couple of years. And then... I got started started to get sent to La Jolla. They sent me down to La Jolla to do shows. Like I would feature for yeah. uh, some comics headliners. And at one point, it was right when Tommy got fired. That was gonna be my next question. Who did you get? I got pay- I was the first. Me and Earl Skakel were the first people that Adam passed when he took over. That is awesome. And I love Adam to death. Because when, he's the first person that literally said in Hollywood, I believe in you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I believe in you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> when Earl had his name on the wall, we were walking by. And this is like when we nobody knew us. Now everybody's like, oh, John and Joy. Um, but we were walking by and Earl's like, hey, man, um, can you take a picture of me next to the wall? <laughs> and so, I mean, it was like the highlight of Earl's day. But then John's like, oh, my God, Earl Skiggle just asked me to take his picture. Aww. And now every, well, before Earl knew us, but like John would walk by and be like, dude, I don't know if you remember this, but I was the guy that took your picture. <laughs> and I'm like, you were such a nerd. Well, that makes us feel really good when people, I mean, it's just like, yeah, like. It's a, it's a huge accomplishment to us, but to know that it's an accomplishment to so many other people, it's like, it's it just feels, it's a great feeling. No, it's huge. Like, I always, like, on Christmas Eve, we took the kids to the La Brea Tar Pits to tire them out so they'd go to fuck to sleep. Give them some cookies and take them to the Tar Pits. Right, and then... They were like, well, where do you guys always ditch us? And I'm like, oh, the comedy store? And I'm like, well, let's go. So we went, and Jessica was there, and she's like, they can come in and look. And I'm like, oh, my God, guys, you don't understand how amazing this is. What's happening right now, right? So they walk in, and I'm like, Mommy's done time there. Like, I've done all three stages. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm like, and they're like, Mommy, where's your name on the wall? And I'm like, oh, it's not there yet. Yet, right. And then, of course, they were like, well, who's your favorite? And I went and showed him Punky Johnson's name. Punky's so ridiculous. She's so funny. I love her. She's like, I go, will you be on my podcast? And she's like, yeah. Do I have to talk, though? And I go, yes. She's like, so I have to talk during my massage. And I'm like, that's the point. And she's like, oh, and I'm all, I'll give you one after, too. Like, <laughs> do this for me. Please. So I have a picture of the kids, like, pointing to Punky's name. Yeah, that's so, yeah, no, she's so funny. Like, so ridiculous, too. And so just honest. Yes. I always admire. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I admire people that can be so vulnerable on stage. Like, Jamar is that same way. Like, he just will say whatever. Just, and it's like, fuck it. I don't care what the reaction's going to be. You know, he'll talk about how he sucked a dick when he was six years old. And I'm just like, that's some shit. I don't think I could ever say. Right. For whatever reason. Like, I don't want to embarrass my parents or I don't want to embarrass myself. It's just. But that rawness, and Punky definitely has that. It. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. I will say, though, um, not any names, but I had a Me Too joke uh-huh. that um, I was told a bigger comedian was using. Oh, no. They started using it in January. I <gasps> tweeted it in October, but hey, whatever. Oh, no. And so I got on stage one night, and I was because I asked an uh, open mic, I'm like, well, you guys just give me time. I go, I, I have to vent right now. Yeah. And it wasn't my funniest set, 
But I've had a couple people like tell me like that was your greatest set because you just got up there, your voice, you didn't change your voice. It was just the same cadence that you talk to people in. Because I got up there and I'm like, my Me Too joke got Me Tooed. That's so fucked up. Like I went into it and I'm like, but whatever. And I'm not accusing them of stealing, but you know, it's just kind of funny. And I'm like, but it's done. Like I'm never going to use it again. Right. And yeah, I've had a lot of people go, that was you. Wow. And I'm like, but that was hard. Like, I that's the first time in a long time I've been on stage and was shaking. Wow. That's unfortunate. Like, and it's one of those things where it's like, and that's something that's been happening since the beginning of comedy. Like, right. people were, are going to steal jokes. And I don't even know. I mean, it was a very simple joke. Yeah. It's just basically the hashtag is the pound sign. So basically they're saying pound me too. <laughs> you know? And right. And I'm like, well, that... I mean, it could have been parallel thinking. It could be. And that's and that's another thing. It's one of those things like you can't, you can never really necessarily prove it. Exactly. It just hurt because when he tweeted it, he's like, I can't believe nobody's thought of this before. And I'm like, well, go back in October, bitch. Yeah. Like, come on. Right. But. Yeah. And, and it's another one of those things where she's like, honestly, you're going to have so much more material. It's just like, just. Yeah. You can steal a joke. Know what? I'm going to come up with some more. That And you know, um, another reason I love Rick is he messaged me. And he was like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, just, I don't know. I don't know if he stole it. Because I don't like confrontation either. Oh, right, right. And I will be so nice. To, if you're nice to me, I will take off the shirt on my back. But you'd probably want me to keep it on. Because there's a lot of stuff that shirt's covering. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... You know, I will do anything for you. I've done some crazy stuff for people, like, especially in this comedy world. They're like, hey, Joy, like, Sandy Danto was like, hey, will you come massage me on stage and just pretend you don't know me at, like, 10 o'clock at night when you just worked a five-hour massage shift? Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So Rick was like, it's okay. He's like, you're a good writer. And I'm like, do you? Are you talking to me? Like, and yeah. He, like, have this whole thing, and he's like, "You're just gonna write more, and you're gonna do better." Yeah, that's all it is. And I'm, I needed that. I'm like, "Oh God, thank you." Yep. Don't get hung up. You and know. Yeah. Hung up on it because you're just gonna come up with so much more shit. And that's kind of why I was like, I want to get on stage. I want to vent, and that was my way of just okay. It's gone. Yep. Move on. Yep. So. And know that karma is real, and okay. that if someone steals anything, or you know, it's just gonna come back. Karma is ridiculously real. Oh, absolutely. The night after I did that, I did not mention this person's mm-hmm. name. I even stated, I do not think, I'm not accusing him of stealing. Like, I straight up did it so professionally. Yeah. And the next day, I got like four or five text messages like, girl, what the fuck did you do? And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. His YouTube and his Twitter were um, deactivated. Oh, shut up. And I'm all, I didn't do anything. I didn't even mention his name. I mean, it was super crazy coincidence. Oh, wow. But it was kind of funny. I was like, oh, shit. Like, ha, ha. And then Jamie Kennedy's like, well, now you can use it again. (laughs) Oh, no. It's okay. I'll let it go. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Screw that. I'll move on and write some better stuff. Right? Like, my kid, I have three boys. You don't think I get you have shit every day? You have plenty of material. Right. And I massage people who are nasty and dirty. <laughs> like, hand jobs galore. Like, come on. <laughs> I've got this. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, I've actually gotten to the point where it's like I'm forcing myself to do things I don't want to do just for stories and material. And because I just... I've... I'm just a responsible person. I am too. And it's like, that's only but so funny. After You know, it's like I 
I have to dig for things. And it's like, I want to just not make bad, make more bad decisions, but it's, it is kind of, I kind of want to make more bad decisions. Right. You need to live. Yeah. Right? I need to live a little bit. Yeah. See, I'm lucky because I've got the kids that make stupid decisions. For you. Just talk out of them. I'm yep. Like, okay. And then massaging. Yep. But I get that. Like, I get that you need more. But because I think I have, my life is every hour I'm doing something. Yeah. And I think that's why I don't have the same set twice. Because I'm like, oh my god, this shit just happened. Now I need to talk about this. Yep. So now, I don't know. I mean, I have a new thing in my phone every day. I'm like, oh my god, this is funny. Yeah. I get, like, that's difficult. Because you have so much you want to talk about. But yeah, it is something to consider when it's like, what your goals are. If you are trying to do, like, the late night... Uh-huh. Yeah, you're going to have to put together, you know, yeah. a tight something. And then I'm going to have to, yeah. And you're right. I am the responsible one, too. Like, I'm starting to get known, and I don't like it because I'm only 36. Mm-hmm. And these 25, 24-year-olds now call me mom. That I'm hilarious. I'm mom at the open mics. And they know it because if they say something sad, I go, oh. <laughs> and yep. you hear them like, oh, mom's in the back somewhere. Yeah. It's so messed up. Like, it was 36. That's not old at all. Come on, guys. That's not old at all. But, yeah, you see these young comics coming up. I'm like, you're a child. Uh Oh, I had a huge conversation with Malcolm Hatchett the other day. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to mom you because your mom is across the state. (laughs) And if my children are across the state doing something stupid, I'd want your mom to mom them. Right. And because his dad passed away from diabetes. Oh, no. And this child is on Instagram, like, posting drinking cotton candy soda no and more and i'm like dude you gotta start eating healthier i'm like your dad died you need to behave oh like, no. i know i know and then that night the comic was walking by and he's holding two cotton candy sodas okay and i go where'd you get those and he's like malcolm just handed them to me i'm like all right all right i am mom all right. well that's good he listened right now he's giving diabetes to somebody else right not to yell at that person let's just pay this diabetes forward right <laughs> I don't think that's what I meant. Right? There's trash cans at the comedy store. (laughs) But I told him, I'm like, you're making me use my mom finger. Yeah. And I'm all, don't make me wag this at you. My kids don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I am going to be that mom. Somebody's like, yeah, Eleanor's the mom too. I'm like, well, I would love to be Eleanor. Eleanor's great. I love her. So nice. So nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, you find, I think it just comes with the territory. Like when you see somebody younger coming up you're, and, and they're fucking up, you just, there's something inside of you that's like, I gotta try. Uh-huh. At least I can say I did something, whether yeah. they take it or not. Yeah. Like I also told him, I'm like, and you need to watch out for people. There are a lot of oh, vampires a lot around of here. Oh my God. I've never met so many awful people. Oh, I know. But I've never met so many good people too. Yeah, there's good, there, yeah, they're in pockets you gotta find them they're harder to find than the terrible ones but like yeah so many terrible people and that's kind of how it is like with the indie author thing like i state there's a lot of drama i call it indie high so i just publish my books and let them go but then there's also also authors that are just in shit but they're also making thirty thousand dollars a month oh wow yeah i'm like i made eight hundred dollars on my books last year (laughs) and they're at 99 cents so i thought i was doing good right okay (laughs) baby steps right it'll come yeah 
And if it doesn't, something else will. Something else, absolutely. Because that's what I said. I was like, I don't know if this pot, and a lot of people are like, when's the podcast coming out? But I want to have more just in case, like, uh, you know, so I'm just gathering episodes right now. Right, right. And I'm like, yeah, it's smart. Well, if something happens with this, it happens. Or if not, maybe it'll take me to something I didn't even think of. Absolutely. So that's kind of where I'm trying to be free, which is hard because I'm a super control freak. Same. Oh, yeah. man. Like, John's like, just let it go. You. What do you Let mean? You well, you know, we're just, especially women, where we have to be more responsible. Like, just from jump. Like, we're the ones that can get pregnant. So it's like we have to just by nature be more responsible to make sure that doesn't happen when we don't want it to happen. Exactly. We're the, right, we're the, <laughs> absolutely, it is a whoops. And it's like, we're normally the neat ones, we're the cleaner ones. Mm-hmm. We just, and we have to like raise people. Oh so my God. we're just by nature, I think, more responsible. To raise people who make you feel awful. Yeah. Mom, you're going to another open mic. Dude, you're going to bed in 30 minutes. <laughs> Daddy's here. But mom. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. That's just. Wednesdays are my rough days. Wednesdays, I get off work at 8 o'clock. I go home, stuff something in my mouth, sometimes John, if I like <laughs> it. <laughs> and I tuck the kids in, and then I drive to Hollywood. I'm like 30 minutes away. And then I do Hooters open mic, and then I do Next Stage open mic. And I don't get home till like 3. Yeah. Then I have to take the kids to school. And then I come home, and I pass out with the dogs on the bed and don't wake up until I have to pick the kids back up. Yep. That sounds about right. But That's I'm the like, hustle. Yeah, and I go, I never complain. I'm like, okay, I have no problem giving my dues. Like, here it is. Right. You know, hopefully something will come of it. But yeah, I did that working hard is crazy. Yeah, it's 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 real but it's like that's why people are like do you when they ask me like do you you do you love comedy and i'm like i have to anyone who does this and they don't love it what are you doing yes how could i don't think you could or they don't last yes you can't because it's such a unfor like unforgiving path to choose we sacrifice so much for it and for so little yes if you don't love it i don't get it like even the stories you tell like I call my stepson, my oldest, he's not my, well, he's my stepson, but he's not. His girlfriend, I call her Jade the Whore. (laughs) And if she ever found out, (laughs) but, you know, like, I'm sacrificing that. Like, here, this is how I feel about it, because I get on stage, and I'm like, this, uh, he's my first baby, and this girl is trying to take him from me, and I don't like that. Ah! You know, so JTW right there. And, oh. That's hilarious. So wait, she's not really a whore. Uh, no, I don't think. Well, she has sex with my son, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she could. Well, if it's any consolation, it probably will end terribly. I know. And that terrifies me, too, because to you know come home with his tail between his legs which is fine right that's how you learn man that's, that's how true. you learn that's how you grow we all get our hearts stopped on that is true i think everyone should have their heart broken and i think everyone should have to live by themselves i mean maybe with a roommate absolutely yes especially with a roommate if especially if you didn't have like a sibling right yes she's an only child yeah no you have to you have to know how to deal with other people yes and then i just found out <laughs> um his mom who we haven't seen since two weeks before his sixth grade graduation, is going to come to his high school graduation. Oh, wow. So that's going to be fun. So, bell money, anybody, like, start (laughs) saving up now. (laughs) We'll see where that goes. Wow. Since sixth grade? Yep. 
Where's she been? Uh, I think she's been in Arizona. She has three more kids. She has twins and a daughter. The daughter, she doesn't have custody of, and I think she's at this moment losing custody of the twins. Man. John picked her well. And then I came along, and I'm like, no more of that nonsense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, women have to do, have to be pretty bad to lose custody. Yes. We, the fight, we had to fight to get him was ridiculous because we're like, we're married. We both have jobs. We have a house. Yeah. And she's getting popped for like all this meth and stuff. And they oh, still kept no. trying to give him to her. And we're like, of course. You yeah. stop? Moms have to be legit terrible for them to take them away. Yeah, we're still paying off that debt. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's worth it. And then he's going to go with JTW. And we'll see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah, no. Kudos. I don't... Ugh. I don't think I can, like... I don't think I want kids, man. I don't blame it's you. It's so much work. It is so much... And they... The mom guilt I have when I get on stage... Yeah. And like, it's so much. It's real. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. I, I've never had that, though. Like, I feel like I'm a better mom by being on stage. Interesting. Do you? See? Yeah. Because I, I wasn't happy the time that I took off right. from performing. And so I feel like I'm I'm doing it for her. And she's funny, too. So you know, my she kids are it. hilarious. Right. They yeah. also get, I don't know, maybe it's because yours aren't, because Brody gives me shit. Like, seriously, he will hide my car keys. Yeah. He's <laughs> taking my purse. I'm like, dude, mommy, don't go. I'm like, that's <laughs> not there. Like, I've got to go. I'm doing this for you. <laughs> you know, I'm making jokes about you, you know, selling your butthole for pedophiles because <laughs> like, I love you. <laughs> this is for your future. Right. And I'm like, it's okay. All these comics are broke. They can't afford your butthole. We're cool. <laughs> like, we're good. This is how we don't end up on the news. Yeah, no. All right. Say, just next time, say, mommy needs this. It's therapy. Right. <laughs> Right, so we are wrapping up. How do you feel? I feel great. Good. Is like I said, I don't know when this is coming out, so if you want to like do your media, social media, and all that stuff. Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, now I'll just plug where you can find me online. I'm Jokes by Candice, and it's C A N D I C E on all social media. So Twitter, Instagram, and my website is CandiceThompsonComedy.com for my touring dates and just local shows, etc. All right, and I'm wrapping it up. I hope you are nice and relaxed. I am. We will listen to you next time. Yay! Bye!